0: Welcome back to the Sluttrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Anna D, aka The Professional Goddess, here to empower women to build their own empire and interview sluts who like to make money. On my podcast, I give you a peek inside my life as a girl boss, mentor, retired cam girl, viral TikToker, and now 1% OnlyFans creator. I share my ups and downs of running a multi-million dollar business and the difficult yet sexy path to success. So, my dear sledgepreneurs and my boss bitches in training, grab your notebooks, put on your crown, and if you're a new listener, it's an honor to have you here. Get ready to take a peek inside my pleasure chest.
1: All right, in today's episode, we will be talking to Savannah Sapphire, based in London and the creator of the Self-Care for Sex Workers Journal. She's been in the adult industry for 15 years, and today we'll be sharing the story behind the process-based experience that helps adult entertainers find a way to cultivate self-care in a way that works for them.
0: So a warm welcome to
1: this selectrepreneur. Hi, Savannah. Hi, Anna. Hi. Um, It's so fantastic to be here with you. I'm so excited. You sent me this journal maybe a few months ago, and we were kind of talking on email back and forth about whether we should get it on my website or something. And I was like, I need to just talk to you because I browsed through this 40-page journal, and I was like, every sex worker needs this in their bag. Like, this is critical. (laughs) I mean, there's some juicy, juicy goodness in here. And I think it takes sometimes us being like scraped to the bone and overworked until we realize that not only do we need self-care, but sex workers need like a little extra, extra (laughs) self-care. So I see that your work was inspired by The Artist's Way and takes about six months to complete with the recommended 20 minutes per day of journaling time. So tell me more about like the inspiration of this and where that all came from.
2: Sure, of course. So, wow, 15 years when you uh, introduced me and you reminded me that I've been in the sex and adult industry for 15 years. I was like, oh, my God. And it's like, yeah, um, wow, I think it took me not understanding self-care or even feeling like I deserved self-care at some point in those 15 years. Yeah, for me to get to the place that, uh, yeah, I really wanted to write this journal. So I've been in like 12-step recovery for close to 12 years now. And, you know, self-care comes up in that a lot as well. I'm in multiple fellowships like AA, SLA, DA, And all of those helped me to, like, look at myself holistically, like, the parts of me that I didn't never understood, really. And then what I realized when I was doing my master's in contemporary art practice, you know, while I was camming, I'm a cam model currently. Yeah, what I learned during that was I was looking at a lot of, like, radical self-care that became, like, a very cool term, I think, around 2020, with the pandemic happening as well. And so what I experienced during the pandemic, trying to balance a full time MA, trying to keep, you know, camming on MFC going full time as well was quite a lot of burnout and not understanding the concept of balance. I was always a person who had to do everything all the time. And so Why I wrote this journal was because like, I would see all these Instagram profiles that were really amazing and they speak a certain truth, but Mm -hmm. I didn't feel included in the conversation because I saw like stay at home moms, business moms, people who weren't moms, but I never saw sex workers included. I don't know, maybe they, maybe, you know, that I don't think that was like deliberate, Mm -hmm. but I always felt like this work you know I came from full-service sex work and then I went to the cam modeling and also working as a glamour model as well it's so draining it's like give 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 like my body my personality my mind my my speaking my emotions to some extent my boundaries that are constantly being pushed like all the time giving so much when what I was getting back was money you know which is great you know I love money money is really great but it's like that's kind of it. So I was giving so much and nowhere in society was I told to pour care back into myself. So yeah, that's why I came up with this journal. And also, like, we're really busy, sex workers are just really busy. And then when we're not working, we want to chill. And it's like, that's why I don't want to like, navel gaze in the hours that I'm not, you know, entertaining or trying to like, support someone sexually. Like, So that's why I came up with like 20 minutes a day, you know, to just look at myself and just be with myself and ground myself. That's was so well said. And I think
1: (laughs) there's so many things in that answer. I think when you said give, 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 my heart just sank because I'm coming up on 12 years in the industry. So kind of right behind you there. And I think I'm at my, what do they call it? Your Saturn's return, something along the lines of like when you're at 28, 30 years old, you kind of have this very big reset in your life. And I'm like, wow, I've been in survival mode for the last decade and my body and my brain is tired. And in this industry, we are service providers. And like you said, we're not only giving our body, but our personality like Every ounce of us. And then you have to kind of turn it up and project it even more and be like an even more excitable version of yourself or whatever character you're playing. So then, you know, when it comes to the end of the night and you're like relaxing on the couch, but you're on Instagram and you're seeing other successful sex workers. I'm like, man, should I be posting on Reddit right now? Like, it, it never stops and it's hard to turn off. And I like this idea of having something that takes 20 minutes a day or where you can habitually sit down and focus on tuning out and clocking out because there, with sex work, it's like you make more money the more you're clocked in. So when you clock out, you immediately have guilt and regret mm. that you're losing out on money. Mm. So I think When you talk about this balance, I think even for me, like 10, 12 years later, I'm still so confused at trying to find this balance of of money and self-care and how do I balance it out? So is there something like off the top of your head that you feel like? is something that you sit with a lot when you do have that feeling like when you clock out that you're missing out on some sort of income like what's something you tune in to
2: so I have definitely had that and I've come to see that my hours off work are just as valuable as the time that I am working because the hours that I'm off work is I'm resting like I'm recharging the battery or else you know I might still be working like doing admin accounts you know blah 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 whatever whatever we you know whatever I need to do so for me to understand that like my rest is my time off is as important as my time working Primarily is being really clear on my income, like knowing accounts receivable, accounts payable, like everything that's coming in and what exactly my money's doing. So I don't have so much financial anxiety or guilt. Then secondly, but as important is identifying and trying to understand what it is I need. So like my basic needs, which you know, we go through that in the journal is like physiological, like food, rest, sleep, hydration, shelter, and then psychological is like connection, also rest and how like my body needs are linked to like my spiritual needs and my psychological needs. And just being really clear on those two things and valuing those things is I come to see that like this, you know, FOMO, of, you know, or this should, like, you mentioned survival mode and that's exactly my default position. Just going into survival mode, I must do all the work all the time and earn all the money all the time. Yeah, that's really helped me with my survival mode. And also, the chapters on like expansion and diversification is like, they're really gentle in like finding out what it is I enjoy. And that led me to like passive income. And that ju- that occurs when I'm not performing and stuff.
1: Ooh, that's a, that's a good one. Because you, you totally forget when you're like, as a sex worker, you're totally an entrepreneur. You're branding yourself out. So really settling in to that time off and having the serendipity of new ideas flowing in, just like you said, like, whoa, bam, passive income all of a sudden. And I think that's beautiful. And when you are webcamming, because I think this happens to all of us, especially when I hop on the webcam. Girl, I am there are days where it is just dry as a fucking <laughs> bone. No one's even talking. I unmute the guests just so that there can be some conversation in there. So when it becomes stressful, I think it's like a trigger that happens because it's that survival mode. What's something that you tune into when you are? Live as a sex worker that you could benefit from this book to kind of ground yourself and stabilize when when the stress kickers come in and they can see it on your face sometimes.
2: Oh my God. Yeah, it's like they've got this radar or like antenna that's like, oh, she's quote struggling today. How can I wind her up kind of thing? Or how can I just sit in her cam room and, you know, just stare and not engage with her? <laughs> and it's like make her really uncomfortable. So what do I do then I so if it's what happened today was like it I kept getting lols like it was busy then lull then busy then lull and I was like actually you know what I've got all my makeup on I'm gonna be talking to Anna later I'd really like to hit the gym what what can I do and I was like why don't I film a video to make some content so I did that times two like with a break in between and then I was just kind of thinking like because that happens a lot you know the ebb and flow especially this time of year it kind of like dies kind of goes a lot quieter than you know post-holiday season Mm -hmm. so I'm starting to try and understand in myself that my well-being is more important than who's in my cam room or what is happening in my cam room. Because when I'm in uh, survival mode, like my adrenaline starts kicking and, you know, my sternum get behind my sternum bone gets really tight. And I'm like, I start thinking I'm failure. I'm crap. I, it's me. I'm the worst cam on, in the world or some BS like that. So I just think like, what's really nice that I can do for myself now? And it might be like, go and make a matcha latte that, you know, will only take like 10 minutes. I can go and do that. And it's just like that emotional reset Mm -hmm. that kind of, I feel, tells the universe and me, most importantly, that like, yeah, okay, it's quiet today. But, you know, one quiet day doesn't mean my career has gone down the toilet or I'm rubbish. It just is what it is. And everybody has a quiet day, even like super successful business people who have nothing to do with sex or adult industry. Mm-hmm. so yeah but it's easier to cut for me to say that to you now but I feel like my default is like survival mode but I'm getting better like I'm getting it's easier for me to understand that like what I just said like now I
1: think. right it's it's quite easier to to express the realism of that but when you're in it it's harder to feel that. And I think for me, I have to go to the beach sometimes just to see the oceans and understand that like push and flow and the, the high tide and the low tide. And I go back to that, you know, sometimes you just have to adjust your sail because you can't control the tide sort of mindset. And it it's hard to acknowledge when you're in survival mode for so long, giving yourself permission to thrive mm-hmm. and not survive. It's something you have to reprogram, especially to the entertainers who have had an upbringing where all they see is their parents surviving. So that's somewhat of a normal for them. And I'm totally feeling this Burnout over the last decade. And then when things are changing on the internet again, you know, webcamming was pretty the same for quite a number of years. But now with OnlyFans and all these other new websites and this influx of new performers, there's a lot more competition. So it does make you second guess yourself a lot. And I am in my recovery journey this year. So kudos, congratulations to sticking to it. But I think when you are self-doubting and you're having to play that character, it's so easy to pause and be like, well, let me just get a glass of wine. Let me just pop a Xanax or something, and then I'll totally get a good amount of money today. And then you start linking, taking a substance to earning more income because you are more relaxed. You are more fluid depending on what you're doing. So I love the idea of making a matcha (laughs) because it's actually going to help your physical and mental you know, I always forget that alcohol is a depressive. So it's like once you have that drink and you're a little more loose and you might get that one Skype show, well, after that, the the downfall is just going to be so much harder just a little rant about that. I wanted to open up chapter one, where it says, what do I need today? And it starts by listing out what you need. So some of those needs might be nourishing food, a break from work midshift. do I need to earn income if it's a working day, perhaps connection with someone I trust to rest to nap and last but not least to exercise. So I love that these Words are all written out in front of you to clearly say that these are going to be some needs that got to happen alongside working because we will sacrifice not eating well or not taking a nap or not exercising. So, explain some of the benefits from acknowledging these needs when it comes to being in the sex industry.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting because I first started full service sex work out of being in survival out of being in poverty. So I feel like I continued that mindset subconsciously, even after moving to London and like really earning, I was always in survival mode. And what became the most important thing was earning that money. And then money was like the drug. It was like um, the adrenaline it gave me because I went from, you know, earning minimum wage, you know, waitressing to, you know, making 10 20 times that month and all of these needs like nourishing food, a break from work, by the earned income, connection with someone I trust, to rest, nap, exercise, all went out the window because it was all about the money and earning and keeping my place with, you know, the escort agency I worked for. So being, me being able to just list those needs and share them just feels like me really honouring my humanness and just to see like all of those needs are like spiritual wealth and um below I've written you know it's not a to-do list and it's a kind of in Workholics Anonymous which I'm in as well people share a to list which is like you know it's like these are these really like special things that we do to recognize our humanity and I feel like as a sex worker I don't don't know what the rest of society sees. Like, I'm just, like, projecting. Maybe they see, like, a fuck toy or a sex machine or, like, something to, like, something that's not human. Because sometimes I feel like this person does not see me as human. Like, seriously. Even, like, my customers (laughs) on campus, Chat sometimes. And I'm like, when I'm looking at those things like food, taking a break, connection with another human I trust, or, you know, mm-hmm. non human animal, resting, exercise, it's like I'm really validating myself um in conjunction with being a sex worker. And that's wow. really important. Validating that you're human. <laughs> that's
1: insane. Holy shit. That's. I have no words for that. Just showing we have a long way to normalize that we are just fucking humans. Just saying out loud, like validating your human experience. And I didn't even know there was a Workaholics Anonymous. Like, where do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But some more in this beautiful beautiful workbook, you mention a lot of simple and practical ways to look after income, so spending plans and layouts because not all of us can afford a CPA or sure. let alone QuickBooks. So I love this pricing structure you have and even where you note know, like remember bitch 30% of this is going to taxes. Sure. Yeah. So what inspired this list and has it really been helpful with your financial needs and how have you adjusted this?
2: I feel like I'm completely ripping off 12 Step Fellowships, but... I've got into trying to understand my income through um, another 12-step fellowships called uh, Debtors Anonymous. And there's also Business Debtors Anonymous. But, you know, it's full of people. You know, it sounds so mean, but like, it's all people who aren't in sex work, I guess, like, you know, AA or NA. It's like people who just, you know, haven't... I was going to say normal jobs but I guess civvy jobs and it, what was really good was like this is a tool or a spending plan and remembering to separate my personal income from my business income and I'm that I must pay taxes it's not optional because I felt like when I was in full service sector I was like how can I tell if you know, the tax people here I think you guys call them the IRS in the yes. here, They're called <laughs> inland revenue I was like how can I fucking tell the inland revenue I'm a whole <laughs> what? how can I tell you I'm a cam model now my thing is I'm an artist which is true but it's like just remembering that you know it's me paying taxes it's like a it's mandatory but b I'm part of society now it's like they have to recognize me I'm a taxpayer I'm a taxpaying resident of the UK and that needs to be recognized and that just grounds me so much that would be business like in a business account but for my personal expenses like identifying the needs like needing to prioritize my mortgage my bills my heating water electricity phone that I split with business you know my internet also I split with business groceries it's like personal hygiene it's like medical dentistry it's like prioritizing those it's like my money looks after me like, I don't go, I don't have to run around in survival mode and chase money all the time. And then it hits my bank account. And then it just vanishes into thin air. It's like, when I'm looking at my money, I see that my money is a tool to support me. Yeah, I'm a sex worker. Yeah, I work in the adult industry. But that doesn't matter. It's like my money is the same money that Susan from HR or John from IT. It's the same money. And if they're using their money to support themselves, that my money is supposed to look after my needs, and it, it's just really important. Mm. I feel now for me to be really clear that like those basic needs, they might sound basic, but they're so important. They're like my foundation, and if I don't have a strong foundation, you know the 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 new bikini, the new makeup. The new nail polish is like, yeah, they're nice. The new bag, you know, they're great, you know, but they are depleting me. If I'm, if I'm spending more on those, then I am to pay my mortgage. So And I used to get into so much trouble with money is like, it was awful. And that, you know, that pushed me further to work harder in, again, you know, the sex industry, which is very depleting. So it was just depleting, depleting, depleting. But now that I can have some clarity over my money is like, actually, no, is like, I'm supported by my money. It takes a while to get there. But it's,
1: I feel like sometimes you just have you have to learn those lessons on your own and feel that struggle in order to learn. But I also think getting a workbook like this propels you (laughs) into some better finance, just basic operations and, and noting all those expenses down. But in chapter four, You talk about underscheduling, and there was a part you said, my survival mode entails always being busy, always doing, filling up my time and days so I can feel worthy, valuable, and then I'm earning my keep, my place in the world. This compulsive busyness enabled me to disconnect from my here and now. And that really spoke to me because just because we're being busy doesn't mean we're being productive. Working is one of the most dangerous forms of procrastination. But sometimes I feel like you default into the sake of just motion in order to feel valuable. Like you said – how do you really connect with that moment where you're like, I need to stop right now? Like how, where do you find that trigger exactly? Cause I feel
2: like I get lost in this, like it all gets blurry and I just black out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I mean, that's me. Basically that is my trigger is like, should I go do this? Should I go upstairs? Should I go downstairs? Should I come now? What should I wear? Should I organize my, should I make a list of what content to make? When when am I going to make it? And it's all, it's like one thought. And it's like, I just kind of don't know what to do, basically. And then it's like, so I meditate as part of my recovery. And I remember in the pandemic, I was like meditating, like I was in, you know, Auschwitz or something. It's like I had some like weird controller, like, you know, there was like a, a person with a whip, you know, making me go and do, making me go and be busy, making me, you know, just do things so i could i was worthy of the oxygen i was breathing and um yeah my trigger is like the confusion and chaos and having all of these things to do and thinking that i can go and do them now but then none of it gets done and nothing happens and i just feel burnt out just as a thought so letting go of that was really difficult i had to do like quite a lot of inner work um in recovery to try and understand that and really see that my connection to my here and now meant that I was connected to the life I'd been so great, you know, generously given. And that for me became the most important thing over the to do list. And I love I've seen on your Instagram page that you have the post it that you just do what fits on a post it in one day and that, you know, speaks volumes to me. (laughs) I want to adopt that. Oh,
1: good. You discuss underscheduling, it allows yourself permission to take a break. So I think the sticky note mentality, it's giving you enough to do where you do feel productive, but also it's giving the rest of your day the rest of like what a full piece of paper would look like Mm -hmm. to give yourself room to breathe, to heal. And I think no one out there is really emphasizing underscheduling. It's really like overschedule, over, you know, post here work on this media kit, get your videos on Mannyvids. vids. Like there's always one more thing we can do. So how can we underschedule more? And could you remember a time where you were like, wow, that underscheduling actually really benefited me? Like I desire to underschedule more without stressing
2: about my income? Absolutely, Right now, underscheduling is helping me pretty much every day. It's like, on a bigger scheme, I went from working five days a week to four days a week and saw no difference to my income, which is really weird. Oh, wow. And um, I think it was just me telling the universe that like, okay, enough, like five days is too much and I just want to do four days. And it just kind of worked out. And I feel like on a daily basis, here we had um, a bank holiday this Monday, Monday first, I think it was. For me it was like I was working and then I was like, okay, okay, I need to go to the gym and then I need to like you know and you know, my workaholic was like, Okay, I need to go to the gym, I need to work, I need to cook this thing, I need to do my my um May spending plan and um admin and accounts and I need to all do it right now. And I was like, actually no, like what is gonna happen? Like is the sky going to fall into my head? And I didn't. And I let go of certain things and I felt fine. And it's like, I feel like I overschedule to help me feel okay, to help me feel like I will be okay. But then when I practice underscheduling and let go of things, I see that, ah, I am okay. Like I do feel okay. And it's just that daily reminder of letting go of the things that just feel like too much pressure.
1: I love that. This entire journal is so magical. And if you could give any advice to our slutpreneurs that might be interested in writing a journal of something similar or really just writing, maybe publishing, like what advice would you give based on perhaps any hurdles or struggles you faced along the way?
2: When I wrote this journal, I hadn't really written anything like it. I'd only written like academic stuff for university and um, for me it was just like really listening to myself and what is it that I really really wanted to say what's really important to me so there was that and there was also like I was, did this alongside working full-time and I really didn't want to make it into another project that I have to do to make myself feel worthy because I can fall into that as well like I need to write this thing so I can feel like I'm good so for me it was like on the days on my days off when I felt like like, yeah, this feels really good to write. I'm going to set myself some time boundaries and just sit and write and just be with my words. And that was felt really good as well. I also got support from friends who knew that I found writing my truth difficult. And I would stumble on words and I was like, oh, this is crap. And how do I edit this and blah, blah. blah. And it was just like, having the understanding that balance is really important in this process and just like whatever I get done in 20 minutes 30 minutes 40 minutes an hour that's enough and um, it will get finished um, it was four months late but I took I saw that as a victory and that like yeah I'm practicing self-care I'm not pushing myself to get this done so I feel like in a nutshell it's just about writing what I really really wanted to write about and what was really important to me and to get support in doing that so yeah I love that well my dear sludgepreneurs you can- you can find Savannah on
1: Instagram at self-care for sex workers. That's with the number four, self-care for sex workers and her workbook will also be linked in the episode description. And you bitches get 10% off. So use code slut at checkout to get 10% off the self care journal. Savannah, thank you so much for giving us a peek inside your pleasure chest, sharing your story. And I'm wishing you all the success, happiness and self care in your slutrepreneur journey. Thank you so much. It was so
0: fantastic to speak with you. Thank you. It's the end of the show, so time to plug myself and pay some bills. So lube up. If you want to keep the show going and learn more about myself and my empire, you can check more out at ProfessionalGoddess.com. My YouTube, mentorships, ebook series, and everything else is linked in the description of this episode, as always. And remember, every time you leave a five-star review, a sledgepreneur has an orgasm. So keep the big O's coming. Connect with your fellow girl gang in the Sluttrepreneur Squad Facebook group at cehose.com. That's cehose.com. You can also just search professional goddesses in the Facebook search bar and it should come right up. Plus, we have a Discord chat, which is our triple X chat to help our fellow sluts out you can get this link through the facebook group or just shoot me an email we'll get you in there and lastly if you want to get all up inside me follow my free OnlyFans at rebecca blue with two k's and my explicit page at rebecca rabbit now all you have to do is put in onlyfans.com backslash my username I also offer shout-outs, which can be purchased at rebeccablue.com or just private message me on OnlyFans. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as always, refuse to be anything but successful. Go make that money, honey. I'll see you queens next Wednesday. Bye!